بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم We continue the explanation of the 40 Nawawi collection of hadiths and we have reached hadith 38 عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الله تعالى قال من عاد لي وليا فقد آذنته بالحرب وما تقرب إلي عبدي بشيء أحب إلي مما افترضته عليه ولا يزال عبدي يتقرب إلي بالنوافل حتى أحبه فإذا أحببته كنت سمعه الذي يسمع به وبصره الذي يبصر به ويده التي يبطش بها ورجله التي يمشي بها ولئن سألني لأعطينه ولئن استعاذني لأعيذنه رواه البخاري On the authority of Abu Hurair رضي الله تعالى عنه قال He said The messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم said Verily Allah تعالى has said Whoever shows enmity to a wali Wali of mine And we will explain who is the wali uh, then I have declared war against him and my slave does not draw near to me with anything more beloved to me than the religious duties I have obligated upon him and my slave continues to draw near to me with nawafil supererogatory deeds until I love him when I love him I am his hearing which he hears and his sight with which I am his hearing with which he hears and his sight with which he sees and his hand with which he strikes and his foot with which he walks. Were he to ask something of me, I would surely give it to him and were he to seek refuge with me, I would surely grant him refuge. It is related by Al-Bukhari or was related by Al-Bukhari. This is, as you can tell, this is a hadith of the Qudsi type like the one we discussed earlier and we gave the difference between the Hadith Al-Qudsi and the standard Hadith and also the difference between Al-Hadith Al-Qudsi and the Quran and, uh, and, and more than one occasion during the discussion on some of these uh, uh, narrations that came in the collection of Imam Al-Nawawi Rahimahullah here the Prophet ﷺ in this Hadith we know the saying من عاد لي وليا whoever shows enmity to a wali of mine who is the wali Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made clear to us as to who is the wali he made it clear in the Quran the quality of the wali the characteristic of the wali he said Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in the Quran in surah Yunus chapter 10 verses 62 63 ألا إن أولياء الله لا خوف عليهم ولا هم يحزنون الذين آمنوا وكانوا يتقون الذين آمنوا وكانوا يتقون No doubt verily the awliya of Allah no fear shall come upon them nor shall they grieve then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us as to who are the awliya. He said, those who believed and used to fear Allah much. 
by abstaining from evil deeds and sins and by doing righteous deeds. قال شيخ الإسلام ابن تيمية رحمه الله من كان مؤمنا تقيا كان لله وليا whoever is a believer and taqi meaning who fears Allah and pious he is a wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he took it from this verse those who believed and used to fear Allah much this is therefore the definition of the wali and the meaning of the wali Then whoever chose enmity to a wali of mine, then I have declared war against him. Why? Because of his enmity to the awliya, to those who are believers and fear Allah most. Then, in the hadith, and my slave does not draw near to me with anything more loved to me than the religious duties I have obligated upon him, meaning the fara'id, the obligatory ones. However, the fara'id, the obligatory ones, differ, as we will explain in the points of benefit. However, in general, the categories of fara'id, the categories, are more beloved than the category of nafil, of the optional ones. And my servant continues to draw near to me with nawafil deeds until I love him. Being the slave of Allah continues to draw near to Allah by doing the nafil until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves him so he becomes from those beloved to Allah the most high and as a consequence as a consequence when he becomes entitled to receive the love of Allah then فَإِذَا أَحْبَبْتُهُ Then, when I love him, كُنْتُ سَمْعَهُ الَّذِي يَسْمَعُ بِهِ I would be his hearing with which he hears, and his sight with which he sees, and his hand with which he strikes, and his foot with which he walks. It is very obvious that this hadith is not on its apparent, because the hearing of the created is imperfect. Is an occurrence and created and distinct from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the most high. So what is the meaning then? Similarly is to be said concerning the sight and the hand. It is said, the first meaning, it is said if the person becomes a wali to Allah azza wa jal then he would preserve his hearing, his sight. So therefore his hearing will be in accordance with what is pleasing to Allah Azza wa Jal. And so you can say with respect to his hands, his sight, and uh, etc. This is one meaning. The second meaning is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala directs him and gives him tawfiq, success, in his hearing, in his sight, in his hands, in his feet. And so, Allah will give success to this person in what he hears, what he sees, and what he walks for, and in what he touches, and this meaning is closer. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
give success to the slave in all of these parts. Then, in the next statement, وَلَئِنْ سَأَلَنِي لَأُعْطِيَنَّهُ Were he to ask something of me, I would surely give it to him. I would surely give it to him. And this is a promise from Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who keeps his promises. وَلَئِنْ اسْتَعَاذَنِي لَأُعِيذَنَّهُ And he, and were he to seek refuge with me, I would surely grant him refuge. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells that he would give this one who draws nearer to him by doing the nafil deeds, that which he asked for, and that which he sought refuge with him for it. From the benefits of this hadith. First, taking enmity to the awliya of Allah is from the kaba'ir, from the major sins. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He will declare war. And this is a particular punishment on a particular deed, and therefore it is considered, therefore, from the major sins. When there is a particular punishment for a particular deed, then this deed is from the major sins. Remember this benefit. Second, this hadith affirms the existence of awliya to Allah. And this is affirmed in the Quran and in the Sunnah. However, the issue is not in the existence. The issue in is attaining this. Meaning, who is the wali? Is this wilaya only a claim? Only in dress? Only in physical appearance? Limited to that? No. The wilaya is those who believe and they fear Allah by doing that which He commands and abstaining from that which He forbids. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bestow upon us from His mercy, from His favors, to make us from them. And the wilaya, the wilaya of Allah azza wa jal is of two types. The wilaya of Allah is of two types. General and particular. Meaning the guardianship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is of two types. His guardianship, his mastership, and him being the just Lord, running their affairs, this is applicable to the entire creation. This is applicable to the entire creation, meaning every individual, every creature falls under this. Believer or non-believer, righteous or wicked. And from this is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-An'am chapter 6, verse 61 and 62. قال الله تعالى حتى إذا جاء أحدكم الموت توفته رسلنا وهم لا يفرطون ثم ردوا إلى الله مولاهم الحق Then they are 
He is the irresistible supreme over his slaves and he sends guardians, angels, guarding and writing all of one's good and bad deeds over you until when death approaches one of you, our messengers take his soul and they never neglect their duty. Then they are returned to Allah, their Mawla, their Mawla, Mawlahum al-Haq, their guardian, their master, their just Lord. Surely his is the judgment and he is the swift in taking account. This is the general wilaya known as al-wilayatul ammah. Is this clear? And this covers, it is comprehensive. It covers all creatures. Righteous, wicked, believers, non-believers. The second type is al-wilayatul khassa, the particular. Wilaya. This is the guardianship, mastership, and support to the believers. To the believers. This is specific, particular to the believers. Qala Allahu Azza wa Jal in Surah Al-Baqarah 2, 257. Allahu waliyu al-lazina amanu yukhrijuhum min al-dhulumati ila al-nur. الله ولي الذين آمنوا يخرجهم من الظلمات إلى النور الله is the wali who of those who believe he brings them out from darkness into light and also the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah Yunus 10 63 ألا أن ألا إن أولياء الله لا خوف عليهم ولا هم يحزنون الذين آمنوا وكانوا يتقون. No doubt verily the awliya of Allah there is no fear shall come of fear no fear shall come upon them nor shall they grieve. You see this is the particular wilaya those who believe and used to fear Allah much by abstaining from evil and doing uh, and, and and sins. And doing righteous deeds. Now, if someone says, if the wilaya of Allah is affirmed to someone, to a particular person, then could this person be taken as an intermediate between you and Allah in dua and in asking for your needs and so forth? The answer is absolutely no. Because there is no in-between between you and Allah جل, between the slaves and Allah. However, the ignorant ones, they say these are awliya, these are awliya to Allah, and they are inter- intermediates between us and between us and Allah. So they seek means of nearness through them. Then they end up invoking them besides Allah or to the exclusion of Allah. Third benefit. Affirming the declaration of war by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had mentioned this also concerning the riba, usury. As in Surah Al-Baqarah 2, 279. فَإِن لَمْ تَفْعَلُوا فَأْذَنُوا بِحَرْبٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ 
And if you don't do it, then take a notice of war, notice of war from Allah and His Messenger. This is concerning riba, those indulged in riba in usury. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also mentioned this concerning uh, robbery and uh, bandits uh, in Ayat in, Al-Ma'idah, in, in chapter 5, Road bandits who attack people, take their wealth, kill them, etc. Allah Ta'ala إِنَّمَا جَزَاءُ الَّذِينَ يُحَارِبُونَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَيَسْعَوْنَ فِي الْأَرْضِ فَسَادًا أَنْ يُقَتَّلُوا أَوْ يُصَلَّبُوا أَوْ تُقَطَّعَ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَأَرْجُلُهُمْ مِنْ خِلَافٍ أَوْ يُنْفَوْ مِنَ الْأَرْضِ The recompense of those who wage war against Allah and His Messenger and do mischief in the land is only that they shall be killed or crucified or their hands and their feet to be cut off on the opposite sides or be exiled from the land. This or that is their disgrace in this world, and a great torment is theirs in the hereafter. Fourth benefit of this hadith is affirming the mahabba, mahabba of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves, and that He loves certain things more than others. And here it is obvious that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the category of fara'id, as in the hadith. Fifthly, the righteous deeds, it draws the person closer to Allah Azza wa Jal. The righteous deeds draws the person closer to Allah Azza wa Jal. And you see, the man really feels this within himself. If the person conducts the acts of worship on their perfect ways, from sincerity and from following the sunnah and having the heart present he feels that he is closer to Allah Azza wa Jal than in cases where he does not he feels that who feels that? the one who is keen to attain it and this is indeed the one whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him success knowing his sincerity to make this act of worship acceptable work towards achieving that otherwise we know so many are those who make salah so many are those who give in charity so many are those who fast but many of them don't feel the closeness to Allah and there is no doubt that when the person feels he's drawing nearer to Allah, there is no doubt that this will affect his trouble, his journey, his life, the journey to the hereafter. So, how many of us, when we stand to make the salah, Do we feel that this is, first of all, this is a submission to Allah? This should come to be present, not just to perform it and leave. Yes, performing it and leaving, 
takes the responsibility of you, renders you innocent from the responsibility. But what about the effect? So we should work hard in order to make this issue of submitting to Allah present when we are about to conduct the acts of worship. Sixth benefit. The commands of Allah are of two types or two categories. Faridah and nafila. Obligatory and optional. And nafila is that which is extra to the uh, to the that which is required, meaning the faridah. This is evident from the hadith, as you noticed. Seventh actions or deeds excel one another from the angle of category. In the same way they excel one another from the angle of type. Rather, they excel one another in their singular states. From the category side, the fara'id, the fara'id are more beloved to Allah than the nawafil. The fara'id are more beloved to Allah than the nawafil. This is from the category aspect. From the kind or the type aspect, as-salah, salah is more beloved to Allah from those worships of lesser level from the obligatory categories. And that's why Abdullah bin Mas'ud, when he asked the Messenger wasallam. Which of the deeds are more beloved to Allah? He said, As-salatu ala waqtiha. Salah performed on its prescribed time. So, the deeds excel one another in category, in kind, and in singular states. Two men, you see them. Two individuals. Meaning on the individual level. Two men pray next to each other. Their rank with Allah is different. And because of difference in the sincerity, in following, you name it. And they could be as far as between the East and the West. Eighth, this hadith incites to do the nafil, to do a lot of nafil, because this brings the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is a cause to attain the love. So if you do the nafil, more and more you do of that, then this is this reward will make the person attain what Allah promised with the condition however that the actual performance even of the nafil 
should be in accordance with the Sharia. Not every salah of an individual prevents him and protects him from evil and wrongdoings. And not every nafila draws the person nearer to Allah. This is not to be said, said in order to make the situation hopeless for the individual, but rather to incite that the person, the individual, should check his worship to make it better and more complete so that he attains the reward in this life and the hereafter. That's why you see many people making the salah, the five regular prayers, the obligatory ones, and also nawafil, but they don't feel in their hearts that the heart is repelling and trying to ward off the wrong and munkar or the evil, but it's staying on its own course. Is this due to a defect in the tool or a defect in the doer? It is the defect in the doer. The tenth benefit. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves an individual, He will direct him to be upright in his hearing, in his seeing, in his, in his hands, in, in his feet, in all of his uh, sensations such that he would not hear except that which is pleasing to Allah. And that when he hears something, he will benefit from it. Listen. Will benefit from it. And so also he would not render his sight loose looking at he would not render his light, his his, his his sight, except in that which would be pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that when he looks and sees, then he benefits. Similarly in his hands. Does not touch and handle, except that which is pleasing to Allah. And that when he does so, he will benefit as well. Similarly with respect to the foot. Eleventh benefit, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he loves a slave, he will answer his request and gives him what he asked and shelter him and give him refuge. So therefore he will attain what he requests and then he also will be saved from what he fears. Is this general? Meaning, does it mean that any person asking something, he will be answered? as long as he is qualified with these descriptions? The answer is no, because the texts restrict other texts. So a generality may be restricted by a particularity, meaning if he therefore invokes Allah by that which is haram, unlawful, or severs the relations of the womb, or does injustice to someone, then this is not answerable if you ask Allah for that. Even though he may do a lot of nafil, even if he reaches this high, great level of attaining the love of Allah, if he then invokes Allah in that which is haram, or that which is severing to the ties of kinship, or that which is unjust, 
then his call is not answerable. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most just and would not answer something of this type. Twelve, the honor of the awliya with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rages war against those who have enmity towards the believers who fear him and who ascribe to his commands and abstain from his prohibitions. And finally, the last benefit is that having enmity towards the awliya of Allah is from kaba'ir al-dhunub, from the major sins, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala considered this to be a cause where he declares war. And this in itself is an indication that this is a major sin. This concludes the deductions of the benefits from this hadith. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it a benefit for me and for all of you. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.